You're listening to the Greatest Multifamily Investment Advice Show. My name is Adam Ross, and now I'm talking everything multifamily for an in-depth conversation, and I will be diving deep into raising capital, deals, and underwriting process. Welcome back to the Greatest Multifamily Advice Show. Today we have Adita Kumar, real estate investor and realtor out, out of the Windsor region of Ontario. Impressive story starting from inter- international student to real estate investor and realtor, focusing on scaling his portfolio in Ontario, high-performing realtor, closing hundreds and hundreds of deals. How are you, Adita? Doing fantastic, Adam. Thank you. How are you? Thanks a lot. Uh, thank you so much for being with us today, and I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. It's a honor to be here. Thanks a lot. I think you, uh, as a starting point here is uh, far from you as a realtor on Windsor Market, I would like to start with your beginning, especially that you came as an immigrant, as a student, and fantastic job on the last couple of years. Sure, definitely. Yep. Uh, again, you know, personally, uh, I started as an investor first. Uh, I, I didn't, uh, realtor is the thing that happened just as a natural progression. Um, but uh, I started as an investor and I claimed myself as an investor first. So what was the beginning for you? So, yeah, I mean, again, um, the biggest thing was like, you know, I came as a student uh, with a lot of depth. Um, my family is like, you know, a farmer's family uh, from a small village uh, in India. Um, so they, they, you know, worked super hard to pay, to help me for my fees, but they didn't have financial, you know, stability. Um, so they had to borrow money, um, for my education. So it was my job to pay back. And that was a lot of interest, like 24% interest a year at that time for studies. So that, you know, keep on growing. The debts were growing. Um, and, um, when I was a student, I couldn't get a part-time job because my college was, um, the course was made such a way that, you know, there's no time for part-time work. So the interests were growing. And after studies, I, I got into IT as a programmer. And so again, that was a struggle to get into IT because, you know, new country, new yeah. way of uh, dealing. But again, um, thank God, got into IT. But the pain of financial situation, you know, to get rid of the debts and have, you know, a little bit more freedom because, you know, my parents are in the village and they never traveled anywhere. I want them to, you know, uh, come to Canada, stay with me for a while. Um, and I want to travel more. Uh, but all those things are like, seems like a dream while I was working full time because paycheck is going off. Like I was yeah. making 80,000 per year after yeah. taxes in hand it was like 4,400 and paying the rent and car payment and groceries. And, you know, it's pretty much, I was left like thousand dollars. I'm like, you know, if I have to pay by then I had like 50,000 debt for, from my education to pay that debt. It took me two to three years. Literally I was living very frugal. Even then it took me two years plus to pay that debt. Yeah. So and by that, I had my fa- fa- um, you know, family responsibilities that is coming up due my sister's wedding back home. It's, it's quite expensive. Yes. Yeah. So my dad already told me you have to be prepared for another 100,000. Um, <laughs> that is coming in a year or so. So I'm like, 
So come on, a couple of years to pay off the 50,000. That means how many years would it take me to pay this hundred thousand? So that's yeah. when I was always like, I want something better in my life. If I don't do it, my whole family will suffer because, mm. you know, if we lived my my dad and mom, they worked hard like they're throughout their life but they never had a, a better life like we were always apart um, because of the fa- financial pain yeah so i always wanted a um, better financial um, you know life so i was trying different things while i was working full time i was driving uber doing uh, mm. um, pizza deliveries um, i was doing um, e-commerce i tried e-commerce and different things uh mlm uh, amway and all those things so while i was doing those like trying different things i landed on this book called rich dad poor dad hmm. so that's when the whole the you know the the, the 360 yeah because all of a sudden you you know coming from a um a below average you know financially below average family um no one taught us these things right like because uh, i grew up with a mindset of you know buying a house and car then you're set for life hmm. married and have kids two kids if you have a house if you have a car and married and have two kids then you're like you're, you're good that's how i was taught throughout yeah. my life yeah um so just getting out of debt and owning the house was the only goal but all of a sudden this book robert kiyosaki talks okay um buying a house great but it's not an asset so that mm-hmm. means you have to work forever so you rather yeah. build assets get rid of liabilities the less liabilities you have the more assets you have the Correct. more freedom you have i'm like holy cow that makes sense so and then in the book he continues to talk about like real estate rental properties or assets because they put money back mm-hmm. and that's when i googled okay how to buy rental properties in canada because i didn't had any friends i didn't had any money because yeah. i was this is in between of like i just about to pay off my the yeah, 50000 yeah. yeah and i was prepared to save up for the future debts so in this was at that time it is 2016 yeah so then like you know in, uh, i picked up another book called uh, investing in rental properties by brandon turner yeah bigger pockets from bigger pockets yes yeah so i picked up that book and i was reading you know he talks about like how you can buy with fha loans so in canada is different uh, cmsc yeah. yeah but it's almost the same thing you can buy a house for like 5% down yeah i'm like that's fantastic i didn't know this <laughs> because no you know when you don't have any family or friends here who own properties how yeah. do you know right so because my network was only just my friends who are almost at my age who came uh to canada as a student so they are also still struggling to find a job and all those things you're still young by the way you're 28 or 29 now i'm 32 32 still young yeah yeah <laughs> so when when i got in it was like 27 yeah um in 2017 so yeah so long story short like you know i i um one after the other got into that reading uh got into bigger pockets and listening to podcasts and then i said okay this definitely that 5% down concept exists and in windsor luckily i was in windsor where the prices at that point was like i i could get a duplex that need some love around 100000 yeah, so yeah. 18 means, i think yeah 2017 17 okay yeah i got my first duplex on 2017 march 1st so 
for 102,000 um, because all I need is 5% down. And yeah. the cool thing is the banks will even lend for improvements uh, because I had a job. That was yeah. the biggest leverage I had. So that books taught me, okay, you can, this is possible. Go find some local realtor and you he gives like the Brandon Turner gives like such a detailed steps on how he did his first deal and all those things. So that's how I got into investing. Uh, that's, I know it's a long it's story. A basic, but, it's a basic yeah. for single family home or duplexes or small multifamily. Yeah. yeah. And, and the first property, like that was the eye opener for me. I was paying like rent um, before I got the property. I was paying like $900 or $850 yeah. and plus utilities. So it was almost like 1100 something. Um, but here, the property, I m- moved into one bedroom unit. I rented out the three bedroom unit mm. that the rent from three bedroom unit is paying off all the expenses. So you follow the concept of house hacking. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. So that one, like, oh my God, like, you know, <laughs> now I'm living for free. Yeah. So I, I all of a sudden bring my expenses down by $1,100, $1,200. Yeah. This is amazing. What if I can do like a couple of them like this? What if I have like, you know, um, like the financial freedom thing started to pop in like, okay, I want to do maybe, you know, I want to have like a cash flow of $5,000. So now I can quit my job. Yeah. So that's how it started. It started. And, and, yeah. yeah. So I started initially buying uh, duplexes. Uh, again, you know, the biggest challenge, like I mentioned, the finances. Yeah, so yeah. that's how I got into sales because, you know, I don't, I, I couldn't think of any other way um, to, to increase my income because IT was limiting me just yeah. 4,000. I cannot make any more. Um, but in the sales, I saw like, you know, if I make one sale, uh, even if it's hundred thousand sale, I can make 2,500. Yeah. 2.5 commission. So if I make like three or four sales like that, I can make 10,000. So double my salary. What if I sell 200,000 property, two of them? So the numbers were making much more sense for me to continue to invest. So I, I, I was reading books and learning and networking with people and while I'm doing this. So I got, uh, and, and instead of waiting, that's one good thing I have done is like, you know, instead of waiting for money because I didn't have savings. Um, and before I got my license in Canada takes like six months. So back then, now is more than a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, in this time period, like I learned also about JVs. So oh, yeah. I spoke to a couple of my parents. Hey, here, I, I, I bought this duplex. This is how much it's making. And I got another duplex after that, six months after, after saving some more money, because like I mentioned, the duplexes here at that time, like my second duplex were 160,000. Yeah. And it was making positive $1,000 cash flow while we moved into one of the bedrooms. Yeah, yeah. So now my other, other duplex is making positive cash flow. And this duplex is also making positive cash flow. And we are living for free. So at that time, I was like at almost uh, 1800 or something positive cash flow, plus living for free. So it, so, it, it opened your eyes on, on real estate market and how you can make wealth from having exactly. an actual portfolio. Yeah, exactly. And so now I pitched it to a couple of my friends. Hey, you know, this is what we can do. And maybe, you know, you don't worry about anything. You just give me money. I'll do it, all the things, because now I have friends who can help me find the properties. Now I have friends who can help me with the take care of the renovations and all those things. So, okay. and one of my cousin's friend, 
you know, he said, okay, I'll give you 50,000. Show me what you can do. Okay. So now I got into JV and birth strategy. So we got a single family mm-hmm. uh, because the 40,000, I had to get the renovations and plus the purchase. Yeah. Um, so again, this is still in 2018. Um, so I got like hundred thousand property, 20,000 down and 20,000 renovations within yeah. like six months, six months or seven months. We got, I got him out, uh, his money out and he still got, uh, I gave him, it was my first project. So he believed in me. So I said, okay, 60% profit share for you. Yeah. 60, 40. Take, yeah. So I took 40%. I gave him 60% because, you know, you trusted, you are the first one who trusted me yes. because, you know, that, that's a lot of money for me at that time. Yeah. Uh, still, you know, that that's someone trusting. And then he, because he was happy within six months, he gave me another 200,000. We bought another duplex for cash and improved within like, again, six months or eight months, we took his money out again. So that was like, you know, lot more eye-opening so that's when I started to get into small multifamily until I got um, kicked out by the banks start to say I mean not kicked out they still lend me but banks started to give iffy uh, when you have like multiple properties Um, so Uh, less than five units yeah yeah less than five units so that's when I got uh, a 17 unit building in 2020 Mm -hmm. so that that was another uh Great journey. So if, if you want me to go in deep, uh, but... Uh, no, I, I, I will go one one in one. But sure. uh, before doing this, we want to start with what is your target market and criteria right now on multifamily? Like, uh, are you keep working only on Windsor and the surrounding area or it's about cap rate and cash on cash? So um, basically, my goal is to burn the project. Um, I, I would not, I don't look at the cap rate. I don't look at the cash flow. My main focus is, I mean, sorry, I, I, um, I should not say I don't look at it, but my focus, the main, main, but the goal from any multifamily that I have done so far, yeah. um, except the first couple of them, because first couple of them, I didn't had a proper goal, but yeah. now my goal is to, you know, any multifamily I'm doing, I, how can I pull my money out? How long does it take to get the money out? If it's my money or investors' money, right? Mm. I want that to be out. Um, if I can pull it in a year or two, if it's a larger building, it takes longer. Mm. Um, but you know, if I can get this money out in one to two years and after refinancing, can I still make positive cash flow? Mm. Because once the money is out and if it's still positive cash flow, then my investors have infinity returns because they have their money out. So they're happy. They don't care. Now they're not going to bug me anymore. And for me, even if it's my own money, now I have my money back. I can go invest somewhere else and the building is positive cash flow, and I can continue to improve along the way. So that's my main criteria. So in order to achieve that, that's where I look at the cap rate. So what's the current market cap rate? Hmm. Um, that I'm buying it and to refinance, what are the banks are willing to, you know, refinance me at? That's when I will, you know, dig more into um, the building, the pro- the last project I have done where the 17 unit building, the, the cap rate in the market um, to refinance, the banks were looking around five cap rate. Okay. So that means how much rent should I increase? So I, I, I do reverse engineering. So how much, what's the potential? How much can I increase the rent 
on each unit so that I can get to five cap rate to pull my money out. If it mm. still makes sense in that, um, with that reverse engineering, that's the project that I'm ideally looking for. So, so far, um, my focus has been around Windsor SX. Oh, okay. Okay. So how many uh, units under management so far? I have um, 48. 48. Yeah. Just like how many buildings? Is two or? Um, no. So the biggest one is a seven, 17, 17 unit building. Um, and then like six unit building and, and um, the rest, everything is like two units, one unit. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, now I'm working on a 27 unit building. We, are, we have it on contract. Okay. I haven't closed it. So that's the current project I'm working on. So you're busy with uh, raising capital and uh, due diligence yeah. and all of the fun stuff? Yeah. yeah, pretty much the due diligence is over. Okay. We got all the, we got the inspection done. <clears throat> we got the, um, we got the vended. Yeah. So env environmental was not needed because okay. we got the vendor take back from the seller. Okay. So seller is lending us 70% loan to value. So yeah. Um, the biggest thing is right now, now we are working on uh, uh, trying to negotiate with the tenancy if we can get some out now mm. uh, because the tenant law in Ontario is. Yeah, this that, is basically my next question. Yeah, so um, th that's what we are working on. One, raising the capital because that's high priority. The closing is coming in June. Um, okay. Yeah, end of June uh, is the closing. So, and, and the location is pretty prime. We got a pretty good price like um, in the market, the building like that is going for 200 per door. We got oh. it for hundred. We got it for 140 per door. Oh, in Windsor. Yeah. In Windsor, okay. yes. That's yeah. a really good price. Yeah. The challenge and only is going to be the cash for keys. Yeah, that's exactly. The good thing is at least I did that test and trial on my other building. Um, and also my partner on that project, um, he has couple of buildings um, he did uh, successfully in a couple of other projects. So um, we are pretty positive. Like even if we get like 40% um, upgrades, like 40% 40, 40 units out, um, or maybe negotiate a new lease. It doesn't have to be, they have to be out. Mm -hmm. Even if we can just negotiate for new lease, even for like $1,100 per door, uh, from 700, 600 to 1100. The market rents are like around 1300. We just want to get to 1100, 40% of it. We will be able to refinance and take the money out. So, uh, what is the current cash for keys right now in on, on Windsor? Is like 15, 20? Like here in, here in Ontario, like Mississauga, we're talking about 30,000 for cash for keys. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Again, so. Uh, it, it, there, there is no specific number, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I had success with $1,000. Uh, oh, okay. I, I didn't have success even if I offered like $10,000. Oh, okay. Because, okay. you know, uh, in, in my 17-year building, a couple of them were like in 60s, 65, and they're paying oh, yeah. 550 including utilities and the baseboard heating. Okay. So technically I'm making only like 300 or $350 after paying the hydro bills for them. Yeah. So they're like, where do, no. you, where do you want us to go? Even if you pay us 10,000, we have to pay 1300, 1200 out there. Yeah. So that's yeah. only for 200 to one year, two years. And then I have to carry over all of this. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. 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 No, but again, you know, that's, it's, 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 
that's where we got to look at what type of tenants in each building, right? So that's one thing I started to look into. Okay, if I'm looking at any building, I like to go see the units before even I make an offer because hmm. I know what type of people living there. Hmm. Because, you know, there are certain category of people that no matter how much money you offer, they are not going to go. 100%, 100%. So uh, for, for this subject, I think, what was the challenge uh, you think is so is like existing now on, on south, south of Ontario or Windsor especially uh, versus like Alberta market, especially it's tough. You're comparing between appreciation and no rent control, and rent control whereas uh, Alberta, there's no rent control, but it's really nothing, no appreciation at all. So yeah. How you make this balance on deciding which markets you're gonna go with? I mean, so you know, a, a dummy answer here is like I, I um I think I was in Windsor when I started, hmm. and I fall in love with Windsor, <laughs> so I never really um, took time to or think about the outside the market because I was already busy with the existing market, and yeah. I have been seeing like since I'm here in Windsor from 2014. I have seen the population grow like just with my own eyes because you know I'm this brown skin and I couldn't find brown skin in in Windsor region and no restaurants Indian restaurants I, I'm a foodie I would love to get biryani and all but I couldn't <laughs> find at that time yeah. now I have like 10 to 12 restaurants oh, okay and and from those yeah. 10 to 10 like three to four of the four of them are from my like native place it's good good biryani yeah, very good. <laughs> yeah, good to hear. So good to that, I have seen the growth, right? Like the population growth happening because of being close to border. Detroit being, you know, coming up yeah. with this electrical vehicles, the job opportunities in IT sector, you know. The bridge, um, I think. Oh, okay. the, the new bridge also? There's a new yeah, bridge the new bridge construction is already started a, yeah. a while ago now. Yeah. Um, and the mega hospital has been already approved. Uh, it's in stage two. They're breaking the ground probably next year, something they're planning to complete it by 2027. So there's a lot of growth happening, um, you know, because Windsor, again, you know, when you don't know, you don't know. I, I When I started, I didn't know that Windsor has the highest unemployment rate, uh, highest, yeah, highest unemployment rate. But I didn't care because I know um, at that time, even the vacancy was like at that time, 2017, 16, um, probably like 5% or 6%. Mm. And now it's like 2%. And though two or three, those units that are like not taken care, they're, you know, are they asking too high, too much rent? Yeah. Those are the ones that's staying on the market. On the market. So, yeah. So again, you know, that's one of the reasons why I didn't really looked at other markets. But, um, you know, that's a common question I've been getting, you know, uh, do I go to Alberta uh, or, or stay here? Um, or U.S.? Uh, yeah, for our U.S., right? That's because we are right on the border. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, um, when, when there were opportunities in my own backyard, um, I would not look at other opportunities. I mean, I will look into it. I'll find, you know, I have done pre-constructions all over Canada, like Burlington, Paris, Paris, Ontario, hmm. Calgary. Um, I have pre-constructions, hmm. but uh, resale most um, all of mostly them Windsor. Are, yeah, yeah. Um, Windsor Essex. Okay, going back to the realtor part of your job, which is, if I'm asking you, what is the challenging neighborhoods in Windsor right now 
to buy or invest, especially on the multifamily side, because me personally, I prefer B building on a C area. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, B area, C building. So you mm-hmm. can have potential to add what, as we said, the, the game is on uh, force appreciation. So you can yeah. pull your money, make your investor happy and so on. So uh, where is in Windsor, you can find this uh, like formula. Where is a B building? Yeah, so, um, uh, C, Z, I'm sorry. C type B of area, building, C building. B neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, there are a couple of neighborhoods like that. Um, you know, one of the most popular one for multifamily is Walkerville area yeah. because it's a very, you know, a desirable location. Um, but at the same time, uh, it's an older neighborhood where a lot of buildings do need a, a love, you know, um, the, the improvements. Um, and uh, you, around university, that's another area where it's still old part of the Windsor. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's, uh, it's, it's a good neighborhood because it's a university area, um, but they're older homes where need a lot of love. Um, and also East Windsor, that is like further down, um, down the Walkerville, um, where unfortunately in, in Windsor, it's, it's pretty weird. Like the good neighborhoods doesn't have that many multifamily buildings. It's at least East, uh, East Windsor is like beside GE, uh, GE factory. Yeah. So pretty much like passed by G, um, Ford factory, the yeah. Ford city. Ford, I'm sorry. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, Ford, yeah. yeah. So Ford city is where right now people consider it as like a, you know, C neighborhood. Um, okay. But it, uh, it's coming quite a lot. Like if you want something for cheaper, where you want to improve and, you know, um, get a, uh, decent rents, like a good cash flow. Probably mm-hmm. that's one neighborhood where you will get um, C type of properties, mm-hmm. and you can make it B type and get B tenants. Yeah, yeah. but the location is like you know um, still like um, coming up. So, mm-hmm. what is the price range right now, Berdor, for for this kind of neighborhoods? Berdor, so, average wise. If it's if it's a, in a C neighborhood, um, so I'll I'll be uh, here more specific. So multifamily, first of all, the inventory of multifamily is pretty low in Windsor. Yeah, like over six units, you don't come across like you know there will be hardly less than five to ten u- buildings on the market, not more than that. Wow. Um, so it's quite a less inventory for multifamily. So you have two buildings of eight or ten buildings. No, no, no. Inventory on the market, I mean. Oh, yeah, not, yeah okay. Yeah, so, yeah. so I'm not referring to the buildings in the whole city. I'm referring oh, okay, to the yeah. inventory that comes on to the market. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, the, the okay. availability is less. So the, the properties doesn't come up for sale that often. Yeah. Um, especially in good neighborhoods, yeah, I, okay. I rarely see. Um, so um, for the price point, when it comes to price point, probably if you're looking in a C neighborhood, you can get around like 150, 120, 120. And probably 120 is no more, maybe 150 give or take. Yeah. But it, um, but depends on like I have seen even in C neighborhood, there was a building recently sold. That was the only one that I have seen in last two years uh, came onto the market over 20 units. 20, okay. Over 20 units. So oh. multifamilies are very less coming. Unique subject, yeah. Yeah. Unique so this market. one, yeah, this one was a C type of neighborhood but the building was pretty well maintained you know clean and all and it was like 31 units went for like 200 per door okay but there's no uh, 
benefit. And the income is like literally, if you do the cap rate, yeah, they bought it based on the potential. Uh, not the cap rate. So there's there's... No, it's 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 the income is like net income was around hundred and twenty something. Oh, okay. Annoying. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And net operating income. So after yeah. expenses, it was it it was pretty less because the it's all baseboard heating. Um, but the building was solid. So probably um, the properties like that, right? Like if they're in a C neighborhood, but they're in a like, you know, newer buildings in a good condition, then you're looking somewhere from uh, 170 to 200 per door. For, um, for B buildings? Yeah, B buildings, oh. exactly. Oh, for okay. C buildings, probably you're looking from 150, 40 to 160, 70. Okay. So jumping back to the the actual market uh, in general, so after the new spike of the interest, how you see Windsor market like inventory wise, price wise, uh, so, especially for single family and duplexes and and triplexes, uh, we can we can focus on on the small multifamily and the market sure. in, in general. Yeah, sure. So the residential, right? Like so, those are like residential properties. Yeah. definitely, we have seen um, the the market softening quite a bit. Okay. Especially in last, like just in last three to four weeks, we have seen five to ten percent drop in prices. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and the inventory has gone up by like twenty percent, eighteen percent in specific, like exact number, uh, for April month. I think this, the market started to like slow down on February, a little bit in um, all markets, yeah. not only Windsor. Yeah. All over um, Canada. No, February was pretty good for Windsor. Even March was pretty good. The oh. average home price in March went up from February to March. It went up from 690 to 723. Whoa. And then in from March to April, that's when we started to see the decline because the inventory in Windsor till March was low. So far, I, I want to understand why all of the relative start was a low price and then two and 300 over asking. Why especially on Windsor? the relatives approaching this uh, this way like uh, like i've been in, in hamilton usually you go under like under asking mm-hmm. like 100 grand and that's it but in windsor it's really unique approach for all of the relatives not you i'm talking yeah, about no, just the, you, you remember the building i, I just mentioned the 31 yeah. unit building they listed yeah. for one point uh sorry uh they listed for 1.69 or 1.79 and it sold unit? for six, yeah, it's 31 units. 31 units, okay. And they One. sold for 6.25. 1.7 to 6.25 sold. <laughs> Why? <laughs> like, I don't understand the, the actual, like, strategy. Like, so, especially um, in Windsor. So just what I have seen, right? Like, personally, yeah. I, um, I have quite a bit of listings on the market. Like, yeah. right now, we have, like, 12 listings on the market active right now. So I tried different strategies, right? Um, One thing we have seen because the the listing low strategy works well in Windsor. At least that's what I have noticed. I I don't know, it's weird. Buyers don't look at the properties. If if I list for like, you know, selling for asking price, no bidding wars, nothing. Mm. I don't get showings. Um, If I list it for like 50,000 or 100,000 lower, the showings are very low. Okay. still not getting prices and i'm not talking about this one in current market situation current market situation no matter what you do very few properties are getting bidding wars most yeah. of the properties are not getting bidding wars yeah. um so even before 
you know, this craziness, right? Like before it kind of, mm, the market shifted, um, even then, same thing. Like if we don't price it right, if we don't price it, like let's say an average home is selling for 100,000 over asking. If we list it for only 50,000 less than the market value, the showings are drastically low. Maybe I'm thinking consciously, subconsciously, most of the buyers are thinking, oh, most of the properties are going for 100,000 over asking. So now I have to look at the property that is listed for, let's say if my budget is 600,000, oh, I got it. for the properties that are listed for 499. Yeah, because eventually so, this is going to be end the, in my budget. Yeah, exactly. So maybe that might be a reason. So now when I'm talking to a seller, if in order for me to you know sell that property for my seller, I have to price it according to the market. Yeah, yeah. If I price it, you know, maybe not in a right way, then I have seen properties sit longer. You know, in the past, like when I sometimes I I, I try to you know play with it just to find what kind of a, you know uh, approach is working out well. Uh, properties sometimes you know when I when we listed for like let's say when the average home prices are selling. 200,000 over asking and I listed for like 100,000 over I can see if I would get 200,000 still and I ended up have to relist it with again 200,000 over asking and surprisingly sells immediately within a couple of days after I do that. Yeah, I remember I, I was looking on a duplex side by side on 2020 on mm-hmm. Windsor beside the Ford factory it was listed 395 and it sold 625. <laughs> 235,000 or more 240,000 over asking so it was crazy like I still I think it's still the same uh, approach but as you said it's now is let I'm not gonna say it's a buyer market mm-hmm. it's neutral market yeah it's kind of softening right like so yeah. definitely still bidding wars happening yeah. um, maybe before out of 10 properties seven properties eight properties used to get the bidding war now i'm seeing maybe like four properties are getting the bidding wars and other properties are taking a little longer than you know before so before we used to sell like in a week or at the most 10 days 12 days but now definitely it's taking 20 25 days and there is there is definitely a, a change in the price right like the expectations because um that first of all the december to february month that spike was unreasonable so that spike is kind of chopped off so that was like unexpected spike and yeah. now we are back to that december month um where the prices were in december and november that's the prices we are seeing that and hoping for selling. the best in the summer yeah okay yeah, so I was trying to jump to another subject, which is your biggest deal so far. If we can analyze one of the deal, how you got the deal, uh, what was the upside, uh, how long it take you to decide that this is the deal for me? Like, uh, what was the process of your underwriting to say that, okay, sure. I'm going to submit an offer on this, especially yeah, so the biggest the, deal? Yeah, the biggest deal is my 17-unit building. Um, yeah. The 27-unit building, we haven't closed it, so I don't want to call it as a... Uh, my deal at because you know anything could happen before closing we hope the best Um, so the 17 unit building this one is in 2020 december um this property came on the market um in 
almost August, like four or five months prior okay. uh, before I closing, um, I closed. So initially when it came onto the market, they listed for 1.7 million. It was 17 unit building. So they listed for hundred thousand per unit. Yeah. And the income is very poor. Okay. The income was like literally uh, out of 17 unit, 14 units were rented. And so what was rent- the, what was the actual percentage of expenses to, to income? Yeah. So it was minus $4,000. Oh, and the shit. interest rate at that point with the expenses, it was minus 4,000. Okay. <laughs> so there is no income because the rents were like less than $600 per door. Okay. And it's baseboard heating. Owner is paying for utilities. Okay. So this was really poor, poor the management. Uh, very poor management. Uh-huh. And there were three units. I have a video on my YouTube channel. The units are like, you would not even enter into it. Okay. Very rough. Okay. And someone so, was there already or is like a... No, the one that ones. are vacant. Oh, okay, it's a vacant one. Okay, yeah. Yeah, they didn't even bother doing a deep cleaning. It was very rough. Like, trust me, I, I, I you know, I'll give you the, I'll say. I'm gonna check it. <laughs> I'm gonna check it. So, it, it was minus four thousand dollars, and okay. um, the the rents, you know, the property was poorly managed, all including utilities. You know, it's only baseboard heating. Hmm. Uh, sorry, it's baseboard heating and only one meter. Okay. For whole building. Okay. So, so it's expenses, not only water; it's water and heat. Correct. The, the um electricity. So the yeah, heating yeah. and he, the, there is no gas. Yeah. Okay. In the building, so yeah, okay. it's all heated by electricity. The baseboards. Yeah. So the expenses are pretty high. Yeah. The income is pretty low. So it's a opportunity. Yeah, it's an opportunity. Yeah. Um, but you know, someone who can first of all getting a mortgage is challenge on that building. Yeah, because of so, the vacancy rate, I think. Yeah, because there is no income, right? So the lenders yeah. are looking at at least a certain X amount of income. Um, but so when this was presented, I was not ready for a bigger building like this. So I was not looking for a building for myself. So mm-hmm. I presented it to one one of my client. Uh, mm-hmm. We made an offer for that client. I made an offer for 1.65 or for my client uh, with a VTB. Okay. Yeah. So we presented an offer Hmm. and there were three offers. Ours was one of the three offers. Hmm. So the property listed for 1.7 and they ended up taking 1.3 million cash offer. Ours was 1.66 or 6.5 to asking price. But we asked for when to take back. We asked for 10, 10 or 15 days inspection condition and all those things. Okay. So they took no conditional offer for 1.3, like almost 200 or 300,000 less than what we offered. And cash. So no conditions, firm? Oh. Yeah. We don't know if it's cash or not, right? Like, you know, people say no condition. That means they have, they're making cash offer. We don't know. Yeah. Okay. Um, but... Uh, and, you know, now I thought that pretty much the property sold. I told the agent, hey, if there is any changes, give me a call. I was enthusiastic. I always like talk to the realtors like, you know, you're my colleague. I want to help you sell. Hmm. So um, a pretty nice guy. Um, and, and, and unfortunately, the deal didn't go through. After two months, I get a call before he went back and listed the property on the market. Um, he called me up. He says, hey. Uh, just FYI, we accepted at that time the condi- no conditional offer for 1.3, like you have seen on the MLS. Hmm. So 
but the offer didn't looks like it's not it's going to fall through in mm. a week so the closing is about to be in a week so now i'm like i i called my client hey um these guys are saying you know if you make an offer for he said like you know if you bring 1.3 no conditions i'll take your offer if not we are going back onto the market and by then if you remember uh every month the market was going up yeah yeah the interest were more and more so end of 2020 correct yeah this is almost it in it was crazy in, uh, yeah up. so almost in november in 2020 where initially when they sold is like in august or before august so the market already appreciated while they're waiting yeah. and uh, when this guy said oh i want to sell it either i'm going to go put it on the market or ask your buyer to bring back 1.3 no conditions hmm. i'm like i called my client he says um aditya i just got another 50 unit building i'm i'm good for now okay i don't want it so i'm like okay <laughs> this one and at that time i didn't had money but i i for me i'm looking at the numbers right like so the vacant units were three and uh, he said two more units might leave soon if you do some cash for key they'll leave so i was just doing my numbers on okay i if i update this five units what would my my numbers so can i just um, break even or positive cash flow if i do this five and if i can get couple more units um, vacant so can i pull my money out that was mm-hmm. my ideology at that time so it made lot of sense because the building is super solid purpose built all brick mm-hmm. um steep roof you know hash fox single not even flat roof which i hate um, because a lot more expensive to main, manage that's um, yeah. yeah and the units are pretty good size and the location is pretty good because it's almost uh, less than 1 km from university okay and, so it's the west west of windsor in the west end yes yeah, it's okay. um, not not uh, not the sandwich town um pretty much uh, in between um, downtown and the college in between that it's okay it's pretty close to university okay so pretty good location and I, my house is literally like 6 700 meters from that building so i live near you're not going to manage it of course no no of course <laughs> <laughs> i learned my lesson from the first uh, project Yeah. so everything making sense like yeah. you know the numbers making sense um the building is solid there is lot of room to increase and expenses i can i know for sure uh, i can reduce the expenses by first split the meters oh correct 100% yeah. yeah and I, um i wanted that confirmation so when my client said no i called up one of my friend because i couldn't pull this is a lot of money and i don't know how much down payment i would need i was just projecting based on 30% down payment i need but who but first of all this was my first question How, which lender was like approved you on this so good question right yeah. um, basically i was working with a mortgage broker at that time um, he looked at my profile um, and i pitched it to one of my friend because mm-hmm. this time i didn't went for investors because that was the biggest deal i have ever done mm-hmm. so i didn't want to go to investors ask for money i said i'll put my money and i want someone with the same you know financially good stable person mm-hmm. and i found another friend who was like we were talking for a while before so he said yeah let's go for it hey, without even talking too much he's like just on within 2 3 minutes call yeah let's do it and then we both like um have a good consistent active income and have a bunch of properties so the mortgage broker looked at the deal 
Mm. I, I put it on contract because this the listing agent he said I have to go for condi- uh, no ca- no conditions offer. Yes. But I said you have another seven days for other offer to fall through. Why don't we put conditional upon inspection and financing and the other offer fell through for this seven days? Only seven days. Only it's, seven it's, days. It's, anyway, it's aggressive. But uh, it's aggressive again, because, uh, it's based on the, the market time. It was yeah, really... at, that time, yeah. at that time, if that went back onto the market, um, I'm pretty sure it would have sold for 1.7, 1.8. No. Because after two months, my neighbor property came onto the market, same rent, same situation, kind of give, give or take uh, similar, exact similar building sold for 2.2, just Whoa. few months after. Yeah. Okay. So I know because, you know, I, I was in the market as an active agent, right? So I, I know how much properties were selling for. I was like very sure if this one goes onto the market, it will go at least three, 400,000 more. So I told myself in the worst case scenario, I'll get a private money, close it and um, sell it on the market. So how you close on the deal again with the so lender? Like it was like so that's where the challenge, right? So yeah, cross collateral or what? No. <laughs> so for, first, I went for the broker. Um, okay. The broker looked at the deal. Um, he looked at my profile and my partner's profile. Yeah. Um, he said, "You know what? You, you so one good thing I, uh, for me with this building was I had my HST money." And my tax tax money from the real estate commission saved okay. up to okay. pay for next year because this is end of year, end of 2020. So I I have um, that year was pretty good year for me. I was like I made I sold hundred properties that year. So my commission gross commission was half a million, and there was no yeah. corporation at that time. Okay. okay, so half a million gross commission, uh, and out of that probably net income is at least. 350 400,000 so that means my tax money itself is 200,000 yeah so tax and hst so mm-hmm. that money uh, you know i'm a frugal guy i don't want to get you know run around at the end because the tax is coming i i always saved that money up and mm-hmm. now when this deal came up oh my god so now i have to use this money so i'm showing this as my savings okay so because then again, technically they are my savings until I, the tax year comes in until I pay the tax. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. and for my friend, same thing. He has the down payment, almost uh, 200,000. I have down payment, yeah. almost 200,000. So we approached um, the broker. He said, yeah, everything is fine. You know, from what I can see, I think I can get you a lender for 70% verbal commitment, right? No actual written commitment. Mm. Um, because it's taking time. I, yeah, with with the lender is like six yeah. to seven weeks. Yeah, exactly. But if we only have one week, yeah, to make a hundred percent decision. So yeah, this because being a realtor, that's good part. Like now the connections, right? So he, he, I work, I give him a lot of business. So he he looked at, he took time to look at it and review and said, okay, you're good. To, I think you guys are good. Uh, I I cannot get your written commitment, but you're good. Okay. Uh, but again, the story haven't <laughs> over there yet. So at least financing check mark looks okay. Yeah. Uh, 70% because that's what we are doing our numbers at. If we get 70% in the worst case scenario, if we, if we have to go for 65, we can pull the triggers. We don't have money for innovations. Which yeah, this banking. is another point. Yeah. So which we are banking on our future income from the sales. Okay. Because even the other, <laughs> other partner is also a realtor. Okay. Uh, okay. So By the way, it was hard money or it was uh, no, lender A? Lender A? It's, it's so... 
the, the broker was referring to a lender or b lender okay no hard money um, no mac no no at that no i i i'm a big uh, believer i try to leverage i don't go for crazy leverages okay. i don't like the crazy leverage like private lending only in the worst case scenario i like to go for private lenders if you cannot close if i cannot close because that's when i will okay probably it's my time to go for private lender and yep. thank god it didn't happen that way but uh, so long story short like this this the, we removed the conditions because the inspection came very well i got the electrician he said yeah for sure we can do the separation of the hydrometers because that's what's my big thing i want to separate the hydrometers or else the expenses is not going to go down so i want to put start putting like at least for the vacant units they pay for their own hydro so that way my expense is coming down by one probably um close to one fourth down which is that's a lot yeah yeah exactly because you know every penny counts for multifamily the yeah. income and the expenses count right so that one and the units needed like probably 20000 25000 per unit to do the renovations which we said okay we can take care of that part even if we have to refinance or sell one of our property because yeah. he had like six seven properties i had seven eight properties at that time so we, you know if i have to sell one or two i don't mind because this is a, such a beauty uh for long run because yeah, you just to... said that in in 4 months it became 2.2 yeah exactly so yeah. it's a beauty it's it's solid building and we are buying yeah. it for a right price 1.3 um which is 76000 per door and at that time already in the market the the units are going for 100 110 something like that yeah even yeah. with that stupid rents yeah yeah mm, so we've removed the conditions finally and oh. the offer fell through yeah um, so you didn't just, even put the seven days yeah within that seven days we removed uh, the condition okay 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 we we put the uh, seven days and the offer fell through because you know the offer becomes only form once that offer fell through and we removed the inspection condition so which we did because the other realtor he's being pretty smart because he don't want to do work he don't mm-hmm. want to go put it on the market he don't have patience he is just pushing hard like you know hey if you don't if you don't remove the conditions I think oh um there was another backup offer came in if we don't remove the conditions the backup offer is a cash offer ah okay so he so pushes hard he pushed push you, us very put you hard. on the edge now yes. or or never yes so thank god i i made the decision <laughs> but you know the underwriting was a biggest lot of lesson learning for me so oh. the broker who said that he can do it it took like 3 weeks 4 weeks passed by 5 weeks passed by no update from him because the lenders are taking so long they haven't given any written commitment hmm. now i started to get very very unhappy furious anxiety everything is kicking in because the closing is 3 weeks from now and no commitment from any lender okay so i i pinched him so hard and he said okay here is my contact from cabc bank go talk to them the the broker himself told you that Yeah, he gave me contact for CABC okay. bank because um you know he had a good connections with the CABC. Okay. And I got so lucky. Trust me, I would not suggest this for anyone to do this way, but we got lucky and yeah. the bro the the person at the CABC, this guy knows me. Hmm. He he's been following me on YouTube and hmm. he's a regional manager and you know at that time he's 
he is dealing with the you know working with the mortgage like the the banks they don't call them mortgage agents they are like more financial advisors for this kind of deals okay. for commercial so the um, so he's dealing with that person and this guy knows me so he wanted to build a relation with me because he was about to get into mortgages agent okay. he was about to become a mortgage agent okay. so he wanted a good relation with a you know realtor um so he he called me up uh, after we sent the deal to them uh, within a day or two and you know we had a coffee and we talked oh you know what help me with this i'm in a pretty rich, big shit here i you know if you don't help me i'm sure. screwed up <laughs> yeah uh, he's like he they, they they were like thanks to them like they were super 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 quick within two weeks they got me approved really yeah cabc because it's the mortgage is under 100000 under million 1 million dollars it was 1.3 million hmm. but because the mortgage they approved me oh for, yeah yeah it's less than a million then it's easier yes. to okay because so you're going to chip in was 400 yes so okay when the mortgage is under a million they um, they can underwrite not just based on the income but the in profile of the uh, the profile of the, you yeah the yes, actual me and yeah. my cl- me and my partner so you didn't have any backup plan with with uh, private money back then? I mean, I, I spoke to a couple of private lenders. Oh, okay. But I, yes, really I, 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 I like to keep uh, backup plans for sure because I, uh, the mortgage broker, I told him, what's the worst case scenario here? He said, I have a couple of private lenders and I had like one connection with my uh, good friend of mine. You know, they're a group of people. They lend out for people, but they're pretty expensive, 15%. Wow. Especially for like two, three months or one year also, like, so okay. okay yeah so again depends on how much uh vtb they, uh, how much mortgage how much per loan to value we want yeah right? that's ltv percentage and yeah. for how long yeah exactly so the fees this, is too much anyway the fees itself yes. to close the deal is far from the interest itself so yeah, yeah. exactly so we, yeah. we we got lucky the cabc thanks to you know uh, he became a mortgage agent now he's my preferred guy because he pulled the strings within like two weeks. Uh, I, 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 I Good to hear. Heard. Good to yeah. hear. So, you know, the, the, the long story short about the whole uh, underwriting process, right? There is definitely solutions out there. Um, you know, That's expensive. Initially, I used to think that every lenders are same. Yeah. But every lender has a different policies. Yeah. Every bank has their own policies um, in some ways. They're different some ways. They're similar in some other ways. But if you don't talk to people, you know, if you don't um, find ways to, you know, get in touch with uh, people who does this type of deals more often, uh, the more trouble you get in. So that's when I started to make connections with good people who are in different <laughs> banks. Uh, that that's a, I never I. I I don't want to ever go back to that situation because it's very, very, very stress- stressful. Yeah. Most two days, it's like two weeks, two months, almost yeah. eight weeks until yeah. you closed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my next question is, I think it's really important to audiences is uh, mentorship. So can you tell me who is like influential mentor? And if you keep doing like a actual coaching program for yourself, uh, like a, by the way, did you bid on, on the multifamily investment uh, uh, conference this, uh, this week or not? Yeah, uh, I mean, um, I, I didn't go there, but he, oh. he uh, Seth Ferguson, he's my good friend. Seth Ferguson? Yeah. Yeah, Seth. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah I, I saw your picture, uh, not your picture, uh, your uh, your video was in his, uh, I think, uh, mastermind I, I, I course. I was on his, yes. I think and also I was on his, I was on his podcast like two, three years ago. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah, so so um, coaching. So going back to the coaching question, right? Like, so I, I'm, I'm super lucky in that like sense. I got, uh, I found my mentors in a very early in my career, just luckily, because um, I, like I mentioned, I was on bigger pockets, right? Yeah. And the bigger pockets, I was looking for like a group in Windsor. Oh. And um, my realtor at that time, uh, who started the first meetup for investors. Okay. And her and her boyfriend, they owned like six or seven duplexes at that time. Okay. Long so, time back? Yeah, long in 2016. Oh, okay. So they already owned and they were like very young. So they're 28 now. And so this is like, so they're 23 or 22. They, they looked like kids, but they already owned, like, you know, they have done a lot of things. Mm. And I was like four, four years older than them. Um, so when they hosted that meetup, I saw that like, you know, okay, I, me and my wife, the only other members on the first meetup, mm. so her and her boyfriend. So long story short, they became my very good friends and mentors. Like she was my realtor for until I got my license. And even after I got my license, I joined her team until she quit the real estate and mm. gave the team to me. And she went on <laughs> traveling the world. Okay. 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 So they, they were my, you know, big mentors. And along the way, uh, books the biggest mentors for me like you know i read a lot um so what is the best uh real estate uh multifamily book for you so far for multifamily um the one um written by brand turner um the the latest one yeah the latest one yes um that one um, but also there was a another book um you know investing in small multifamily uh, both of them is Brandon Turner. Uh, is no, this one is not one Brandon two? Turner. This one, uh, uh, let me see if I have it in here. Uh, no, it's not in here. But uh, um, I don't remember the name. It's a, it's it's called investing in small multifamily in specific. Okay. So that's why I, st- I I stayed on duplexes and triplex for a long time <laughs> for like two three years because yeah. I read that book and it made a lot of sense. Small multifamilies makes a lot of sense to continue until the banks start to give a iffy, but uh, um, that that's my favorite book. And there are a lot of uh, bigger pockets podcast. That's the biggest influence. All the multifamily videos that I, that uh, the podcast about multifamilies. Trust me, I have heard all of them. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, I think the lots latest question will be how the people can follow you and follow your success yeah so um one of the way i do is like on youtube i share all my uh stories good thing bad things everything uh very transparently on my youtube channel uh we hope all only good things happen to you yeah no i mean <laughs> come on <laughs> you know if only good things happen to us then you know we are not human being probably or i'm lying there are definitely a lot of you know not so good things uh, you'll learn along, along the way, right? 100%. So, 100%. Yeah. so uh, YouTube or Instagram, those are very active. I'm, I'm, I'm active there. Uh, great. Again, thanks a lot for your time today. And we're really happy to bring you in again to talk about Windsor Market, what's happening. And hopefully we see uh, another spike, but for sales on, uh, on summer. And uh, yeah, I appreciate your time.
Yeah, thank you for having me. It's a lot of fun here. Thanks a lot.